From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. We're here with our friend John Lovell from Warrior Poet Society, and we've been squatting and deadlifting today, and we thought we'd sit John down and talk with him about some stuff. I've been and squatting and deadlifting. I've been standing around on my ass. Rip's and, just and, been telling me I've been doing I, everything wrong. And, so and, Isn't it interesting that. that you have been? But now you know <laughs> how to do it right. Okay, so uh, John and I are really in the same business. We, we have determined that we... Uh, we are not uh, in the, I, I'm not in the business of dealing with elite powerlifters. I'm in the business of dealing with elite powerlifters' grandmothers and grandfathers and uncles. And John is not in the business of competition shooting. John is in the business of teaching people how to defend themselves with weapons. Right. Now, that's interesting. Yeah, I like that because uh, I immediately came to you. I was interested in gaining some strength, getting on a new fitness route. I have some personal goals. I really didn't want to get hurt either. I was always making these gains. And in my quest to be a better defender and pass that knowledge on, I really want to be able to bring the fitness on and the tactics and the, the gear and the skills, all the pieces together. And so I wanted to come to you for those purposes. But I really like that Rip was after the common man. And from the defensive standpoint, I'm not trying to teach the SWAT teams anymore. I did that for uh, quite a number of years. Now I'm really after the common man. Just you tuning in, or your mom, or your whoever, you know, grandma, right. whatever. Right. So just the common person to kind of raise that awareness, that kind of gun weapon culture as well, to make a safer world for us, right? Yeah, yeah, and and what we're we're doing is exactly the same thing. We're not we're not concerned with elite powerlifters. We're not concerned with uh, elite Olympic weightlifters. We're concerned with uh, bringing effective strength training to everybody else one thing you'll find and john's found the same thing is when you deal with elite level people like that it's they don't appreciate what you're trying to tell them because they already know this we got this right this is this is the attitude that a lot of them bring to the table and what's interesting about both of our professions is that in the course of dealing with the common man, we have learned things that could benefit those elite level people. Sure. We, we've, we've learned things and we've, we've discovered things in teaching, oh. in, in, in teaching this material that they don't actually know. And we've thought about it more, and we've processed this, and we've constantly evaluated, and what doesn't work, we discard, and what does work, we keep what we learn from the people we teach, we keep. And after having done this for uh, two or three decades, uh, we know some things that could benefit elite-level people. But the chances of them listening to us are low. I don't know why that is, but a lot of those people 
we got this. Yeah, for the elites, you know? my my experience, I come from a special operations background. I noticed two different types of personality uh, yeah, personalities I've run into. One is kind of the natural stud. They really just excel at everything, physically fit, just always coming out on top. And sometimes uh, something that came along with that is they weren't very teachable. They were kind of, they were uh, cut above the rest, but they were usually about as good as they were ever going to get. They never really got better. They were great shooting, but as soon as everybody else gets starting to get trained and brought along and they're listening and learning, those guys oftentimes get passed up. And oftentimes I think it's the humble person that's just, hey, I'm here to learn. Maybe I don't know anything and maybe I know a, a few things already. Regardless, maybe you know a lot, but regardless, it's that I think the teachable spirit and there I think the you have elite and some mm -hmm. of the elites are closed off. They stopped learning a long time ago because what they knew was good enough. They were resting on their right. laurels or natural right. abilities, but there is also inside that elite who's truly elite and keeps going as the one who never stops learning right. and maintains an attitude of humility. And so there is that. They're just far more rare. Right. right. But uh, they, they, yeah. some people remain teachable. Yeah. Some people get satisfied with what they already know. Right. And the ones that remain teachable are far more pleasurable to work with. Uh, they, uh, they're there because they're there because they think you can teach them something. And they want to know that. Yeah. They may well know more about some of these things than you do. Sure. But they're there for the piece that they can grab and use that you have to offer them. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, that's uh, not all of them are that, are that way. A lot of them are, are perfectly satisfied with what they already know, and they're just patronizing you by being there. Yeah. False humility, right? Yep. False sense of humility. It's real irritating. And uh, uh, it's, but but a lot of these guys, the the more elite the unit is, it's been my experience. The more elite the unit is, the better those guys are about being teachable. Yep. it really is. Absolutely, their selection process doesn't select for self satisfied assholes. They nope. don't. They it, that's they don't do well. And those units those may have them, but they'll wash out pretty quick. Well, yeah, because time. nobody can stand to be around them. Yeah, you know, and they, those and they, guys all know yeah. that they learn from each other. And they all, that attitude ultimately destroys itself. It self-destructs. Yep. Right. Right. It is. The, the, uh, the most effective units at the very high level are all composed of extremely talented athletes who are also extremely intelligent, very, very intelligent people that bring a set of skills, an individual set of skills. It's not a, it's not a bunch of robots and not, not a bunch of uniform automatons sound like warrior poet bro sounds good and they're, they're Look at a you bunch bring, of individuals bringing the stuff together i mean like that's that's what we do bro that's good good I'm brimming with pride <laughs> brimming with competence irritating self-reliance toxic competence you like that don't you uh, i think so i'd like more of i'd like you to unpack that irritate the first part i like a little bit more than the second irritating toxic competence yeah. When you're real, real, you're toxically competent. It pisses people off to be around people that are so much better at things than they are. Oh. They perceive it as toxic. So we're talking about 
what other people say Got it. About so it's us. toxic not because it's, you are competent. It's because they're jealous. That's right. Oh, okay. That's right. It's irritating that you're so damn self-reliant because they want you to be a member of the collective. Yeah. What is it about the human machine that wants to rip everyone else down so that we don't feel it's, small? It's mediocrity. Mediocrity does that. Well, I mean, I mediocrity feel like, commands. I know, but I mean, it's not even them. It's me as well. If I, I guess I want to feel good, and if everyone else is doing better than me, I feel like a moron. And you, I, but, just, but I, you I, respond to that by know, but, upping your game, right? But right. I just hate that it's part of me. I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to be a better human, yeah. and it's irritating that I'm not to where I want to be. Yeah. Well, it's, it's what, a character but flaw that drives that I'm owning and saying. No, it's not I think the, it's. I don't think it's a character flaw. I think it's a. It's a an attribute. I think it's a a, a a good thing that drives people toward competence. If they're if that's what motivates you, then enjoy the results. I mean, people that are people. All right, people that are competent and intelligent and have thought about things and have developed an opinion are always, always perceived as assholes to you. And that's true, isn't it? And you know it's true. Uh, I get called an asshole all the time. He gets called an asshole all the time. Jaeger gets called an asshole Wait, all the time. Who's calling me that? You, you don't know. So what, what did I do to you people? You don't people? know. What did They're I do? not. No. Did, They're I, on staff. I want They're your not. names. Down below in the comments, but, your address, and an apology letter. You're not on my Christmas. I'm, I'm canceling your Christmas cards. Oh, God. He's expecting a lot now. from the bottom 3%, this is how- isn't he? <laughs> our, our joke here is the bottom 3% are the YouTube commenters. Gotcha. YouTube commenters, the bottom 3% of humanity. Man, uh, They're the ones that aren't yet in prison. You do you have I haven't visited your comment section. Oh, is God. that it's true? It's rough. It's, it's pretty bad. So I've got our, Here, let me show you something. On our YouTube channel, show we've you got something. some rough stuff, but we also have a lot of like I'll learn right, the comments. We, we've got. We some normally good. run a section called comments, comments from, from the haters, the haters. <laughs> and we'll put reverb behind that and everything. And I'll just read YouTube comments. All right, here's our favorite one. I can't wait. Why are Mark's nipples hard? I did wait. No, is he, I, I wanted is he to some know. kind of pervert? No, I'm with that guy. I'm. I'm actually. It's the burning. We were all. Quit looking. Your nipples are hard too. Get out bro. of here, bro. Get out Your of here. Your nipples this are is... just as hard as mine are. All right, I'm done with. Don't give me that pervert Ouch. thing. And sign up for this. Gonna so, all right. Now everyone's right. gonna just. So all right, John. <laughs> Really, I want you to tell us. It's really gone down. I want though. you to tell us your history and training experience. I want you, what did you do to get here? What were yeah. you doing when you were 17? And what have you done in the ensuing 20 years? Sure. So uh, thanks for asking. I was really big into wrestling. That kind of started me down the warrior's path. Of That is ever so truly a martial art, wrestling is. Mm-hmm. And so I just the earliest it. martial art. Yeah, absolutely. That in boxing. Anyway, I just really punished myself. I accomplished some good stuff in wrestling. I was kind of known for it. My identity was wrapped up in it, and wrestling was a real big part of me. I later went into the military, ended up joining 2nd Ranger Battalion of the 75th Ranger Regiment, deployed a whole bunch of times overseas to the Afkrapistan, Iraq, and whatnot. So there was that. Once I got out of the military, 
I'd picked up jiu-jitsu there, never got really, really far, pretty decent, but anyway, picked up jiu-jitsu and you, you start seeing that, ah, I'm just always, I'm always fighting in some, some aspect. So it was really the chess that drew me to it more than just any desire toward violence, which I'm actually not drawn toward violence. It's more of the chess and the adrenaline of it all. The physical problem, so. uh, Yeah, somewhat so. And and maybe maybe I do have an inordinate attraction to, uh, I I guess, some adrenaline stuff. But there was also more of that. I do think there was a a dose of uh, desire to serve, love of country, protection of fellow man, uh, being part of something greater than yourself. That's how Warrior Poet Society, that's kind of what we're doing now as well. It's an extension of that. Got out of the military, but I still want to serve. And so there's that. Then I got into the training world and uh, really worked more for tactical teams doing that stuff. Did a bunch of night vision stuff, some low light stuff, rifle, pistol, all that stuff. Now in Warrior Poet Society, we do training as well. We also do a lot of free online training through our YouTube channel, online, on our website, warriorpotsociety.us. So, so we do stuff like that, but I'm also physically training. I'm here in Texas to meet with you, but after that, we got four days of training, some tactical pistol and rifle classes, and it's just the common man that we're after now. So, uh, yeah. So you don't market to high-end tactical people, to SWAT, to, to the military. Uh, you market toward guys like me how many times do you find that elite people show up a lot of times so it's interesting my introduction to pistol class my pistol one class it is not uncommon when a third or a fourth of the class is firearms instructors or dudes who are like in charge of training on their SWAT team. And so right. those guys will come, but it'll also be like husband and wife teams. And then there's mm-hmm. there's a, a grandpa over here. And then there's, right. uh, you know, just you got all kinds of folks. But a lot of people, they're business owners, doctors, lawyers, engineers, mechanics. It's it's just normal people is the, the normal kind of thing. Lots of EMS folks. Uh, cops and so we get everyone and, and frankly it makes more mm-hmm. fun for me I've, I did a lot of the lot of training of federal agents a lot of SWAT team stuff lots of that stuff and that's great but really in this season of life I'm enjoying just the common man that's mm-hmm. who I'm after and that's who I am right now so well that's probably not true but <laughs> well what you said isn't it, true it, then. It's, it's, it's not, you're not the common man john no one believes that you don't believe it either you're getting to the false humility thing that no i think you and i, I both hate no, what so. i'm saying is i'm yeah. not in the military i'm right. not part of no, a tactical I, I, team i see what you're I'm saying i'm not ems i am you're just, an ex, you're you're john I, the instructor I and you've you've dude. learned from being in 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 elite situations. Sure, but now I'm a dude, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a normal guy in terms of that. Right. Uh, but yeah. Right. So don't, come on, man, throw me under the bus. It's <laughs> what we do. Uh, so, it makes it funnier anyway. <laughs> so, uh, you, you seem to be interested in getting stronger. I am, definitely. Oh, uh, why? Well, what first, have you realized? First off, I feel there's a, a a tacit insinuation that I'm not already strong. You're not that strong. Mark. But neither am I, so. Oh, great. We're all neither, lost. Neither We're am all I. lost. Cancel this. Neither am I. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I, I think you need to get, I think you need to get your deadlift up to 475. And what, what is the, what are the PRs you've done? 
in squat, deadlift, and bench press. Sure. So the very first thing before I jump into that is I do want to get strong. Mostly, I don't want to get hurt. As mm-hmm. I've got all kinds of just injuries and little yeah. quirks, and it takes me about three hours in the morning to sort out my skeletal system. And yeah, he's got kind of a noisy back. Yeah, and, we, and so we, I'm doing squats in there, and there's like eight pops for every repetition. Yeah, I'm kind of like, ugh. So anyway, I don't want to get hurt, and I do want to make some strength gains. I think really I got tuned on to your stuff. A friend put mm-hmm. me on starting strength. I found out who you were and started educating myself about 10 months ago. Prior to this, I'd never done any squats other than an injury I had, unfortunately, in high school. Never had done a deadlift before in my life. And so that was 10 months ago. When I first started the program, I was terrified that a lower back injury was just going to, my back was going to snap in half. I'm like, there's no way. Sometimes I'd throw out my back laughing or picking up a pencil. There's no way I'm going to bend down and pick up weight. But with some technique against all of my initial thoughts, prejudices, and and really fears, and I think that a lot of that was merited. It was granted because I didn't know how to do it. I was going to get hurt. And so with proper technique, 10 months later, I was doing stuff I never thought. So I started out on my, um, my squat, maybe 150. And my legs, I mean, like, that was kind of shaking. I'm so embarrassed to say it. I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, but I, I was. You're, it you're was a lot stronger now. I'd never having done gone it. through the process of right. just adding five pounds to the workout. Right, and so the last one I did right before I came and saw you, I did two eighty five, two ninety for five reps, mm-hmm. and it felt pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's up way over. That's well over a hundred pounds gained in 10 months and i wasn't completely religious i'm traveling constantly for training on the road yeah you kind of kind of you know if you're out of pocket all the time it really makes a long productive right. novice progression impossible to do it really does so it, and you could try to find the right. conditions to train on the road but nobody's got the right equipment and right. it's it's you don't know what the bar weighs you don't know what their plates weigh you yep. can't control a five pound increase Because you don't know what's on the bar because you're not familiar with the equipment. It's hard to do that. But even if it's not done at optimal levels of efficiency, it still works. Right. You just make more weight go up and down. Right. And that results in an accumulation of this change we call strength increase. Right. And it works every time it's tried. Right. I was pulling. I started out at just 150. Deadlift was the most scary of all the lifts because I'm like, that's the that's the one that's going to break me. So I started out at like 135, and I felt very uncomfortable with that. Uh, before I came you, I pulled uh, came to see you. I pulled 340 uh, five times, three times. Sorry, I failed. Sorry, I failed. <laughs> but 340, I did it three times. Yes, um, you're a failure. Huh? Uh, um, <laughs> so let's talk about strength and and jujitsu. Now we've got people around here that do jujitsu. We've got a lot of starting strength coaches that do this. Jujitsu has taken over the uh, martial arts world. Right. Uh, this is specifically when we say jujitsu, we mean Brazilian jujitsu and. Uh, the UFC taught us that it worked a long time ago, and everybody's gotten interested in it. And uh, judo is kind of 
a minor concern for most people now that jiu-jitsu is the primary gi sport in the United States. Uh, we've got a lot of coaches that are pretty high-level jiu-jitsu guys, and all of them will tell us the same thing, is that strength is extremely beneficial. Yes. And uh, a strong guy is harder to execute techniques on than a guy that's not as strong. Yeah, without question. And let's talk about Mr. Lopez. You've got a, <laughs> you've got a good story. Yeah. Well, let's hear it. Okay, very good. So uh, this is one of our very first YouTube videos to kind of go big viral. So uh, and when I say viral, I'll be like over a million views. So, uh, And it was just me sitting in a chair telling a story about a soccer coach at a high school that I went to many years ago. Uh, his name was Mr. Lopez, and he just looked kind of uh, middle-aged, thick-rimmed glasses, not in the most amazing shape. So He looked uh, like me, but I've got contact. He, he looked like Rip, but he was far <laughs> more attractive, so just like kind of a normal person. Um, Who isn't? <laughs> oh, burn! That just, <laughs> All right, so anyway, Mr. Lopez was a martial arts instructor, and I was kind of the school's wrestler, and I was I was good. I was a force to be reckoned with. Well, one day, Mr. Lopez came in, and he was sparring kind of with me, and so he's just doing wrestling. He's not doing his combat sambo or anything else like that, and he's just chatting with me, and little does he know, is like, he's really hard for me to wrestle with and like even when people are far bigger than me i could wrestle with the heavyweights and beat the heavyweights even as a 130 pound guy i, I was quick i was good but lopez he was this man was this middle-aged kind of roundish man he was taking me apart and casually chatting he didn't know I was giving it my all. He was just crushing me, <laughs> annihilating me. And, and the ease with which he was just, it wasn't like he was throwing in exotic stuff. He was using my stuff. He was just doing it better than me. He had a whole repository of neck-breaking things that I didn't even know about. But uh, anyway, it, it, was, it was amazing. He was faster than me somehow. He was smooth and everything he did of like everything was just where it needed to be. It was just impossible to get in on anything. So what do you think he weighed? Uh, he outweighed me by about 40 pounds, probably. So he's about 200 pounds. No, he, he was man. about 170. Oh, I you, was, were, you were weighing I was, what? I was around time? 130 right. at the time. Right. But for me to beat somebody far bigger than me is nothing. It, that's but, not but a But not thing. this guy. Not this guy. So, so, again, our heavyweights were way over 225, and you could look at them next to Mr. Lopez and be like, oh, yeah, the heavyweight is far bigger, far stronger. But Mr. Lopez, his technique was first off. It was perfect. So Do you think maybe he was real strong? Yeah, too? I think he was because he could take a soccer ball and pop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's what? That's that's some good hands. What the, isn't it? What the well, crap was, is that? Well, there was a whole bunch of other strength behind yeah. these hands too. Right. So yeah. Did, did you have the the feeling that when you when you tried to move him, he just wouldn't agree? Yeah, but he was so fluid as well. The moment you pulled against something, right. he would give in and be something else. He was. He was amazingly fast. He was slippery smooth. He was very strong. Yeah. When he grabbed onto something, there was no chance you were going to get that back until he chose <laughs> to give it back. He, he, so obnoxious. You're, you're so your point is, your My point, point is, is, is that the man was strong. He was very strong, but he, he was, was also in highly addition to being good. good. 
Yeah. He was strong. So in, and yeah. but but my point is I don't understand why there is so much resistance in the BJJ community, in the MMA community of as a, as a whole the idea that all we want you guys to do is get a little stronger than you are right now, five pounds at a time, and accumulate a strength adaptation over the next six months. How is it possible that you guys are so, the coaches, now I'm talking to, are so jealous of the control of this territory that you can't let go of some of it so that your athletes can get stronger? I know you don't know how to teach them. But it's stupid for you to tell them they don't need to learn to be stronger. They don't need to get stronger. That's just turf defense. Well, I'll, I'll and I, 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 that's I, I don't like that. But how do you feel about that? I, oh, you know, <laughs> like I'm, in, I'm, in your, I, I'm neither here nor there. No, you just whatever. <laughs> Look, people, people do all the stupid shit they want to do. It's fine so with me. It doesn't bother me a bit. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm curious. About, in fact, I, I let's just expand that discussion into sports coaches in general. I am not uh, generally impressed with football coaches, with basketball coaches, strength. Uh, uh, well, strength coaching is another matter entirely. Uh, but sports coaches in general are they're difficult people to deal with. They're very difficult people to deal with. They won't give up control. They won't. They in, they interpret you making their athlete stronger as taking something away from them, mm-hmm. and that is that's that that's a, an, a not an intelligent person's position. Sure. You know what I mean? I mean, we've already discussed elites uh, and how the best of them are teachable. Right. They're not jealous. Of the territory, special materials expert comes in uh, to a high-level unit. Those guys want to know what you know. Right. They may not take all of it away from you, but there'll be something they learn from you, and they know going in that they can. But sports coaches are are not that way. Sports coaches are extremely defensive right. of their way of doing stuff. Sure, and it's it, you're not doing your kids any favors. By acting like that, and some so sports it. coaches out there surely are. Well, I'm not, not talking about. There's Maybe always there's a, one. There, <laughs> there are exceptions, but as a general rule, yeah. uh, head football coaches sure are difficult people to deal with. I think one is to reduce an, uh, a person to just logic of like that's that's illogical. So ergo, you're an idiot. I'm like, well, people, uh, I don't know that people are rational. I think we're carnal. No, I think we're, we're visceral, rational. and we're not, sometimes, none of us are rational. sometimes we employ logic yeah. to our cause when it suits us. When and it so suits us. I think right. it, it probably, like everything else, it's how you craft the argument of like, hey, you're doing a crushing awesome good job. I think everyone, everything would run better if everyone gained a few more pounds of just solid strength muscle. I got some plans just to come alongside what you're already doing. Yeah. And therefore, you sidestep their ego. There's there's a, a proverb, literally from the book of Proverbs in the Bible, and it says, uh, some people just clicked off, I'm sure. Um, it says, I, an, I offend- doubt it. <laughs> an offended brother is more unyielding than a fortified city. An offended brother is more that's unyielding a, than a, a fortified city. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. The moment I, I say, not- hey, you're, you're an idiot, and right. you're, you're teaching the wrong thing, you're like, 
what? And then never just loses their mind. I could be better at being more diplomatic. Well, You're if you want right. to influence more people, right. you must be more diplomatic. Right. And I just got to the point. It's shame where, on them. Right. No, But I to say, well, I'm not going to go to them. They have to all come to me. You're not. It's not going to happen. You have no, to know. side. You have to tippy toe around the ego so that we can help them. Because the moment you excite someone's pride and challenge their turf, all learning stops. And you but, can say, "You need to get your act together so I can help you." I don't think they're ever going to do that. And so, if we do want to help them as trainers and instructors, because I have to do this with firearms all the time. Yeah. People have been shooting for thirty years, and then they'll come to me, and I'll tell them of like, well, if you adjust here, here, change this here, and you know, and they give me the whole. Oh, I've been doing it this way. I'm like, well, did you come here to learn or to or do, do what you've already been doing? Right. Why did you come to me? Uh, and if they'll just trust the process, we'll be good to go. So, Oh, I don't get any arguments from people that come to our seminars. But I am long past the point where, because it hasn't been productive, where I'm trying to convince other people that I know what I'm doing. Yeah, You are too. Yeah. You're too. And because it, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. I could be uh, writing a, an article or... Or teaching somebody that wants to learn sure. something in, instead of trying to convince a high school football coach that I know more about strength training than he does. Yeah. It's not a good use of time. And I could probably figure out a way to go over here to Ryder High School in Wichita Falls and convince the strength and conditioning staff if I was that they're really, really, they're, they're doing this right. But if they would just, like, <clears throat> you know, have the kids warm up yeah. <laughs> before they do their one rep maxes. The things yeah. might be better. And what what max? Uh, We're doing bench press. Right. It, it's right. It, it is nice in high school sports programming. All you have to do is like, all right, guys, I have a new snazzy strength program. We're going to do bench press maxes. We're going to do it every day. We come to the gym, sets of one. Right. And uh, that's it. It's, it's at least simple. Three, two, one, go. Simpler you know, than what you it, teach. Right. It is. It is quite a bit more simple. <laughs> Uh, you know, to every question, there's always a simple answer that's probably wrong, right? And and I am just, I'm just not to the, you know, it, if I was younger, if I was less irritable, if I was, you know, not hurting all over all the time, I might be a little bit more receptive to the idea that I need to be more diplomatic. But I, yeah, but, but part, I, you know, part of your grumpy irritability is part of your charm yes. of of like you know I, i've rip. never heard it called charm it before. is it's it's an, it's, an, it's endearing it's an endearing trait of like people adore disliking you <laughs> yes they do that is certainly true and so that is even, absolutely I, and i can't true. help myself either of like man I, i'm here because i respect you i know that you know a ton i came here because i've already benefited from what you have taught and i came here to learn more but i just couldn't help myself poking the bear in there i purposefully yeah. making him angry and then he'd miss it because he'd be so into what he was doing and his staff would laugh of like yeah, yeah get him good john because yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're a fun guy to irritate <laughs> i am i am. it's it, a lot of people have tried to do it. that's why i don't read youtube comments I'm gonna except totally, here on the show guys i'll do it i'll guys, do it here but that's all the, I you guys you to, can comment on youtube all you want 
but I'm not looking. I want it. you to check the comments because I'm going to troll this video like <laughs> mad. I'm going to blow it up and I'm going to downvote it and then oh, I'm going to yeah. comment. I'm going to downvote my own comment here. I'm going I'm to interact with you guys. Uh, and if you guys want to interact uh, in comments, Warrior Poet Channel, we right, are, yeah. have a lively, uh, lively discussion there too. Well, it'll be interesting to see how a nice guy like you trolls. Oh, I will not be nice. YouTube. I'm, I'm not nice. When, I, when I'm in troll mode, I'm full on. I'm going to go after your family. Yeah, just, I, kidding, I, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, no, just kidding. But I'll go, I'll go after character. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it personal. The, the, most, the most common trolls we get ask us, how am I supposed to beat off to this video? That's every, every, but that's, that's universal. They do that to him. They have to do it to him, don't they? I mean, well, they know exactly well, how they're going to beat off to his videos. Yeah, yeah with a gun. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. What a, what a weird bunch of people these guys are. Bueller. Oh, good. <laughs> so how, what are your – when you go into a class and you've got a whole bunch of just absolute noobs in a class, you got housewives, you got – People that have never even considered before the idea of having to defend themselves with deadly force, because that's what we're talking about doing. Yes. What do you What do you do to their brain? What do you How do you get in there and address this? What will be a very major change in their psychology? Sure. What do you What do you do? First thing is set my mind right. I disappear for a few moments and think if this was the only training they ever got, did I give them my best shot at actually moving the needle toward prevailing in a fight? Uh, for them, the very first thing I want to do is I want them to see the whole picture, the 30,000 foot view of where you're at, uh, how a bad guy actually might attack in different mm -hmm. situations, and what skills, fitness, tactics, martial art, guns, gear, what what types of things do I need to be doing? What types of skill-based or tactics-based training? All of that, how do you lay out the end goal and all the little steps to get there? I mm -hmm. need to adjust their fighting philosophy and then back up, reverse engineer their training philosophy. And we do that pretty quick. But really my question is, what if they don't have a fighting philosophy? I'll give them one. How do you do that? Um, yeah, so basically we start with the idea, the, the impetus. They're there for a purpose because mm -hmm. they want to be better defenders. And if they... Uh, they've already thought about it at some level. Right. right. And so the very first thing is understanding how bad guys attack. Right. When, where, and how. You're not training to, to fight me, Rip. I'm never going to right. attack you. You're training to you know, how a bad guy might attack in whatever mm -hmm. kind of context. And so I have to adjust this for law enforcement, for civilian or for military, right. depending right. on my audience. But the very first thing is you got to understand how the bad guy attacks. Well, probably one of the places in the in the whole lethal force area that this is most misused is probably the knife fighting world that I see is people are always trying to learn these uh, beautiful um fluid katas regarding edged weaponry and it's great you know it looks amazing it's really fun really amazing you can see it working in dojos but the problem is is look at any surveillance footage of how bad guys attack with blades no one ever 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 attacks like you guys are sparring in a dojo never 
Uh, and so that's the whole problem of like, are you training to right. win a fight in a dojo? Or mm-hmm. are you training to fight the dude who's going to run you up against a wall? You don't see him. They take a shiv, stab you in the back eight times. And, you know, like that's who you're up against. Right. So how do we fix that problem? And so we start with the problem. And then once everyone has that gravitas moment, then we back in of like, all right, now let's talk skills. Just skills. No one's coming to to you know slit your throat or anything it's just we're going to shoot this three inch circle at seven yards do not miss no time constraints i'm not yelling at you and so then we just reverse engineer and we take everything in its own time where we gear up to the fight ultimately we got to get them to fight though the only way to get better at fighting is to actually fight not cardboard not steel none of the stress shit. you have to literally fight someone and uh, I have ways to do that with force-on-force training, scenario-based training. But that's kind of the culmination. Right. So. so you can say a guy brings his wife. Sure. That happens all the time in your classes. Cool. Separate them. She has, she has, but she has never once in her life considered the idea that she might have to shoot someone. Sure. And that that person, as a result of being shot, might die. Right. What do you tell her? Uh, usually, I'll, first thing I'll ask is, do they have kids? Like, if you have kids, imagine that, you right. know, someone's breaking in. And if they don't, if you don't stop them, it's rape for you and death for kids. If It's that kind of stuff of consider the stakes right. here. Your Make kids are going to die. aware of the fact that these scenarios occur. And then I apologize for trying to be dramatic. That's not going to happen. But it happens. It might. It happens somewhere. Why couldn't it be to you? And so... You know, like I've got clients who've come to me and that kind of stuff has happened to them. And so scary stuff. It's happening around the U.S. It's happening right now. It's happening all over the world for sure. And so violence can come to anyone's door and we need to be able to be ready for it. And so but a lot of times that question has already been resolved, meaning they, they are not resolved. They already come primed with that question. They're like, great. We think, you know. The world is a dangerous place. We want to be ready for whatever comes our way. How do we do that? And then that's what it... So they've already made part of that decision. Right. And you're just giving them the the mechanics. Uh, The mechanics, I'll greatly help fighter mindset. I care a lot about mindset and I care a lot about tactics. Mm -hmm. Skill is also important. I care shoot fast and accurate. That's important. But all these things are very important. It's kind of like I I use the metaphor of the goal here is to read, love, and understand good old Bill Shakespeare. I I call him Bill because we're we're, because y'all are buds. We're pretty tight. We're a poet, you know. (laughs) So anyway, the the goal is to love Shakespeare, but you can't do that without an alphabet. You got to know the alphabet. So here we go. A and B and not to condescend, but it's saying the skills are like the alphabet. Now, the goal of the skill isn't to be the best at the alphabet. The goal is to be able to shoot fast and accurate. Check that off. Good. Now let's go on to tactics. And now let's go on fighting. And so it's progressive. All of this is accumulated. It's it's progressive. It's just like strength. Yeah. It starts where we are today. And then we add a little, and we add a little, and we add a little. And at the end, if there's ever really an end of the process, and there really is not, but at some point in the process, we have made enough progress and accumulated enough training, enough skill, enough adaptation to look back at the trail and see that it's been a hill. Yeah. That we've come up 
yeah. a long way. For sure. And, and the mechanisms are exactly the same. Right. We start where we are, and then we add a little bit every time, and we get better. Right. It, and it's a process that takes place over time. Right. And, and you don't tell anybody in your, in your weekend seminar product, just like we don't tell anybody in ours, that we're going to create a coach yeah. or a lifter. We're going to give you the tools to go home and accumulate the experience that you'll need and accumulate the strength and accumulate the practice, accumulate the skill, the accuracy and precision that right. comes along with that defined skill that, that's the result of practice. That uh, uh, when they leave, they're better than when they got there. Right. But they're not a coach. They're not a fighter. Right. They're not a gunfighter when they leave. Right. Now, a lot of people in our industry will, it, the common scenario is that you go to a coaching certification course, and it lasts, oh, it's six hours on for Sunday, or six hours on Saturday, six hours on Sunday, and you leave with a piece of paper that says you're a coach. Hmm. If you believe that, you're just, you're just a fool. Diplomacy. It's just your, your, that's, Diplomacy. You got sold. You got sold something. And it's it's not any more true for you than it is for us. Yeah. And we recognize the fact that, that we're there to provide some tools that the people can go home with right. and accumulate experience, accumulate, in our case, accumulate strength, and be better as a result of being equipped with a process to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I dig that. That sounds good. Cool. I got nothing to add to that. That sounds great. Yeah. Thanks for being here, John. Thanks for having me. We man. enjoyed it. Appreciate we, it. We really did. Thanks. I'm going to put on Absolutely. a few LBs for you. Good. Right here. Do that. It's going to be all right here. So it's going to be some KFC. KFC. You didn't good. say how I needed to get I don't in the care way. how you. I don't care. You don't care. Chocolate milk, man. Really? <laughs> I like it. Man, Cheese I like your diet cake. plan. And thank you for being here this week on Start of Strength Radio. See you next time.